Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to a football podcast. My name is Devang Desai and I'm joined by the usual suspects, David Goss and Nick Andrade. On today's show, we chat CONCACAF Champions League Leg 2, our MLS season preview and the sequel to the Bayern PSG Snow Bash. It's coming this week, should be great. Plus your questions on Ask AFP. Gentlemen, how are we doing? David, do you have any vaccines to spare down there? We are damn short in Canada. Uh, yeah, let me just jump in a truck. I'll drive him up to you uh, in a <laughs> minute. I'll be like Baldo. Have you seen that movie? Is it Balto I've or seen Baldo? Baldo. I've seen the Fast Balto. and the Furious movies multiple times. And by my estimation, this should be handled by a crew of three to four people in a couple of days. So I expect it. Do we have to go under the border? Uh, a la, <laughs> I think what so. is it, Fast 4? Or can we just drive it down the middle of the streets of Rio in a safe? On the back of a car. Possibly a, com- a safe for sure, but a combination of both plans probably is the, the best way forward. We're, we're, it's, the scene is dire. The scene is dire up here. I I think it's a fair comp to Vin Diesel's scene in Brazil where he's like, you know, they, they invite The Rock and then he's like, this is Brazil. And that would be me, but like my version would be in Toronto, which is like, no offense, a bit of a nerdier version than for like Rio. Where I'm like, welcome, this is the six. And like, yeah. it's just a bunch of Canadian people behind me being like, hey, how's it going? The problem is you'd be in traffic in the on the Gardner, so... It nice. wouldn't be realistic. I think I think we can get this made by the National Film Board, um, based on what I'm hearing here in terms of an actual movie. Uh, but football-wise, sorry, soccer-wise, how was your weekend, David? Oh my God! So I'm very excited about this. You mentioned the vaccine. Obviously, COVID's still a massive issue in the U.S. Everyone should continue to wear masks, do safe things, and especially get vaccinated if you're eligible. Um, but I actually went and sat at an outdoor space of a bar showing El Clasico. This weekend. Amazing. And other people went to that place to also watch the game that I didn't know. And it was like the first sports bar watching sports experience that I've had in 18 months of like, yeah, people were yelling at the TV. They were mad at Brathway and Vinicius and everyone else. And I was fairly jacked up about it. Um, So it was a pretty that was that was the high of the weekend. And I've kind of still riding the buzz on that uh, coming into this week. 
I'm pretty shocked that I'm looking forward to congregating with people that I do not know for a sporting event, but I am. If you <laughs> asked me that two years ago, probably not. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to deal with any of these people um, screaming obscenities at uh, Casemiro for a bad pass. But now I relish it. That sounds amazing. I'm extremely jealous. What a game that was. Kareem Benzema, that guy. You don't have to like him to respect him. I think we've met it out as the, the way to play. Benzema. I just remembered something, David. Um, how was your soccer game that you played in? Oh, I'm back, baby. Back in a flash. It, I, it hurt less than I thought it would. I didn't play <laughs> super well and I died in the second half. I couldn't breathe. So I was doing that thing where you're like, yeah, follow him. Yeah, switch to him <laughs> where you're just calling for other people to move. <laughs> you were seeing uh, We went up 2 0, roaring out the gates, lost 3 2, but I had to play a stinting goal as well. I made a couple big saves, actually. Uh, so it was fun. And then I played pickup this week and try and get the legs back back again tomorrow. So I, I it felt better than I expected. Um, I feel old, which is like kind of a shocking experience for me. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just living in that space. Did you wear the armband? Um, we don't physically have one. I sort of run the team, but I also don't. So I don't know. Actually, Devang, for you, uh, the original captain of the team was Devin Pluler. And then when he moved to Toronto Amazing. is when I took the team over. Yeah. So Brooks for life, up the purples. <laughs> That's incredible. Nick, how was your weekend, quote unquote? Great. I um, I mentioned to you guys earlier that I have to retire the celebration song because it's cursed, as you said. <laughs> and we as knew. soon as I played we knew it was that, happening. I- we knew it was happening. The next day they can lost. Can we weaponize it though? Like, can I play it for a team I actually don't like, or will that not work? I don't think it works for you because you don't have a team that you cheer for. Well, I cheer for the USA. Yes, but that's different. I think I don't know because it's not always on a regular basis. I want Atletico Madrid to win the league, and that seems to not be working. Maybe I should do it after a Barca Real. Maybe I'll do it for Real Madrid. <laughs> actually, today. you probably have just a curse in general because every time you cheer for a team on this podcast, Agreed. they lose. Yeah, they lose. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. Nick, to your question, we are still in the, the research stages of seeing if we can weaponize Cool in the Gang celebration song against other clubs. I'll report back <laughs> once the scientists tell us if that's possible. But if it is if it is possible, you better believe we're doing it immediately because Aruba, look out, June. We need that qualifier win at all costs. <laughs> uh, before we get into ccl talk a reminder on patreon.com getting closer to our goal once we hit it more interviews with people in mls cpl and around the world of soccer so join us at patreon.com forward slash a football podcast you get the show ad free you get to jump on the discord it's a fun time so do it today after the break we talk ccl leg two mls season preview it's a lot of stuff coming up next on afp Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) 
No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a football podcast. We begin with the CONCACAF Champions League. David, between seeing Joel Campbell and Julian Traxler light it up last week, I had a real crisis of how old I'd become and if I had gone into a coma and woken up in an inopportune time. But after being pretty gloom and doom, I will admit about TFC's chances first against Leon and then I guess MLS in general and their chances in this tournament, a pretty damn good set of results if we're being honest here. Tamang, I'm pretty sure on this show I said Al Valencia would blow Atlanta United out. Did I not say that? <laughs> I believe you did. <laughs> and Al Valencia played man up for 45 minutes and got shut out by Atlanta United. So, uh, yeah, doom and gloom is definitely one way to put it. Al Valencia's best players can also not travel to Atlanta because of these issues for the second leg. So they're, they're looking really good here, but... I mean, Philadelphia, less surprising. I think the big talking point was that murder tackle at the end that got memed and vined. Vined? I can still say vined, right? Remember that platform? Oh. Well, now it's just, it's one of those words where it's like, no one will know why it's set. <laughs> so, um, what's it? the die has been cast. Everyone thinks that Correct. has to do with dice, but it's actually that the die was what you used to like stamp something. For example, like making money back in Roman days. So, vined will be like that. In 200 years, people will vine people and they don't know why. The more you know. Philadelphia looked good. <laughs> Columbus. Durang's like, get me out of here. Columbus looked really good against Real Esteli and their 24-year-old coach, which is a really cool story there to look into. But let's begin with TFC Leon, David. I think TFC did not play super well. Let's not get it twisted. Uh, Fernando Navarro Moran's goal was incredible and definitely worth a lead for Leon, but TFC stayed in it and a bad mistake and a, a bit of pressure from Erickson Gallardo results in a really crucial own goal. And for the TFC club, that the people that played, a massive belief result, David, because I think if you're going to this match and, and we were talking about the play, people that would be missing and, and they ended up being missing their best player in Pozuelo, but they came out of this match with a real shot at getting through this tie, which I didn't think we we thought was a real strong possibility coming into it. The Erickson Gallardo prophecy has been completed. <laughs> 17 good minutes in a CCL game off the bench, goes off injured right after. As you said, pressure's in uh, to help the force the mistake. It was, I think it was, as you said, a really good day for Toronto. Um Chris Armas wants to do some different things with this team. He wants to press higher. He wants to be a bit more aggressive out of possession. This wasn't the group that he's going to have, but I think you saw a level of belief and interest from the players in what they're going to do. Right. Devang, and I don't think this is, this isn't like Atlanta where the culture was dead last year. Greg right. Vanny was still, you know, connected with that team. They had a really good season, but you could feel like, this is something new and other players getting opportunities. It felt like everyone was kind of up for this game, including Josie, uh, even though he went off hurt. And I think that was really positive to see, like you're saying, for Toronto to come out of this one with. Like in terms of things to look forward to and what does this game mean for the long view, the fact that Omar was so good and looked so lively, I think, bodes uh, the best for TFC coming out of this game. Because for 
this club to have a good season, Omar Gonzalez will have to be absolutely massive. And I thought the performance he put in was a real good indicator that it's possible. And you're going to need that. You're going to need Noble Okello to step in there and play really damn well for 45 minutes. You're going to need Ralph Frizo to, to step in and play minutes as well. So all of the things that we were looking for and hoping that would come along in the RMS era in terms of player kids and all that, so far so good. I mean, they got lucky. Like Joel Campbell... Play really well. I thought Joel Campbell set up some extremely good chances for Leon's best player, which he wasn't able to bank in. So that probably won't happen. And like to you, that being said, though, I think across the MLS teams, David, like everyone's chances of getting through here. I think Columbus for sure, but Philadelphia, they come through in their first real taste of CCL action. I, thought- I think this was the best performance of the week for Philly, just because they lost their two big players in Aronson and McKenzie. You felt like a change had to come. Was it system last year? Was it individuals? Is there more individuals than the two that you lost? And as you said, a young group with no experience in international competition in this region going in and they just played their game. And so they showed they could still play that way this year for the long term. And they also showed they could do it at that on this stage against this type of competition. And so I think some of the other results were bigger results, maybe, you know, TFC getting a tie. On the road, Columbus dominating, Atlanta getting one, uh, getting the win against the run of play with a man down. But to me, Philly was the most impressive performance and the most eye-opening one uh, over the course of this week. And it was one of the best 48 hours in MLS CCL history. Whether it means something in the end and we, you know, an MLS team wins the whole thing or not, it still was a huge showing from this group. We said Jose Martinez had a shot to be newcomer of the year for Philadelphia last year. I think you saw why he's been excellent for them in this game. What a player. What a player for this tournament as well. If he can stay out of the referee's uh, shame book. Good for MLS in this tournament. Good for the league in general because it kind of snuck up on me. I'm going to be honest here. The season starts this weekend. What? It does, David. Is this true? (laughs) Is this true? It's like been there and I've been waiting for it. But now the actual like... The fact that we've gone under a week into days has kind of thrown me off, but it's part of my level of excitement right now. I watched the soccer game outside. I'm back on the field. MLS is coming back this weekend. There's like a thousand games on, but they're not at the same times, which is rare for MLS. So I'm just probably going to watch MLS the entire weekend straight through, uh, which is pretty exciting. The biggest thing I asked for, the schedule gods delivered on, not staggering the games, sorry, actually staggering the games, not putting everything on at the same time. It's beautiful. I think one of the weird things as well that's come out of the EPL with the staggered start times because of the pandemic, every game is watched. Literally every game is watched. I like that. Now with MLS, nothing falls through the cracks, but we're going to get, I think, more zoomed in on this weekend before we zoom out and make our predictions. But what specifically are you looking forward to game-wise, David? I'll give you my first game and then maybe we go back and forth. It's I For me, it's Galaxy into Miami. I think I picked two Sunday games, but the storylines speak right themselves. I think for me, the most fascinating thing this season is what Greg Vanny can do with the LA Galaxy and how much of a rebuilding project is that actually? Like, are we talking about a real teardown, do it up, kind of thing or can they do this relatively quickly I think he thinks they can do this pretty quick against an Inter-Miami team with honestly like I I kind of want to see them fail based on who's there and, and the <laughs> fact that Phil Neville's there somehow parachuted in to run this club I'm curious to see how Higuain looks how Blasma Tweedy looks like I think that game just for me is the showstopper I don't have them high in my preseason rankings but I think Inter-Miami is going to be 
surprisingly better than people expect over the course of this year. And I think a lot of people are going to have the reaction that you have to that, Devang. Um, and we also should mention they have a fourth DP right now. It sounds like Matias <laughs> Pellegrini could be headed to Montreal. Um, if I'm any team in MLS that doesn't have three DPs, you you should be asking about him because his contract's barely over DP level and you don't have to pay what the transfer fee was um, from Inter-Miami. So you can get, whether he was good or, or not last year, he's a $9 million player that most clubs in MLS can't go out and spend that. And now you've got a chance to get him for basically nothing or a year on loan, whatever it is, uh, and try and get some production. So it's a smart move for Montreal if that's what happens. I'm going to start with Seattle, Minnesota. First weekend, Friday night game, first day. Uh, and I think even though Minnesota got some big wins in the playoffs, the first half performance against Seattle was what really stood out to me last year to say, this is a team that could win trophies next year. Uh, and they've brought in Abila as a center forward from uh, Boca Juniors, who's a 31-year-old starter who should hit the ground running. And it sounds like they're going to potentially spend on a DP on the wing, even if they don't. They've got two or three good options on the wing. And then Reynoso just pulling strings a year in. It takes most international players a full season to settle in MLS and reach their peak. And some guys who have won MVPs in this league, it took them a year. And so if Reynoso can be even better this year, it could be ridiculous. And so Seattle's a little shaky to start. That could be a really fun one right off the bat. You almost spoiled some of my uh, my big picks with that the praise for Minnesota, so I will not linger too long on that. The other game, let's just cover all of Cascadia. I think the Whitecaps will be better than a lot of people think, and even me, myself included as I say this, but I'm looking forward to that Whitecaps-Timbers game. I think Portland overall will be one of the better teams once again, and I do think Mark Dos Santos has something brewing in Vancouver that will look much better than we've seen in previous years. It simply has to be. I'm not just saying it's like it cannot be much worse, but I think there is something building there with the players they've brought in with Gaspar, Caicedo, Alexandre. I think it's it's a better team on paper immediately. So I want to see what that looks like right away as they play the Timbers. I agree with you. And I think we've talked about it a little bit, but like can those pieces unleash Cavallini, who actually ended up putting okay numbers up in a very short amount of time last year, think if you were to extrapolate it out to a full season, it would have been 13 goals over the course of a full year. Like, not great, not bad, but now you've got more pieces around him to make him better. It'll be pretty fun to watch what happens with them. Um, so that's your second game. You're going in on that Sunday, right? Correct. Okay. All right. I was just making sure that you're all in on Sunday. Sunday, I Sunday, I won't Sunday. Even I won't even call you on Sunday. I don't, I don't want to even get in your face. Uh, I'm going to say then the very obvious one, which is LAFC Austin. Expansion team in Austin, it's been a good, solid build. What does that mean? You know, we've seen expansion teams anywhere from fourth in their conference year one to the worst team in MLS. And so I think they're kind of going to fit somewhere in between, but it'll be exciting to see how they play, how the pieces all come together. And then LAFC with Vela healthy and they picked up, you know, a full-time center back in Murillo, Diego Rossi's back and Atuesta's back. Uh, I think they're going to come back with a vengeance. If I could describe it, I think Bob Bradley wants to tear Major League Soccer limb from limb as he Jeez. did two years ago again, Good and God. that was pretty fun to watch. So I'm in favor of that again this year. The audacity. Well, I believe him, and I, as we will see in my predictions, I think they're going to do it. Okay, so to lay out our predictions, David, how about this? I'll go through my uh, playoff predictions, and maybe you tell me where we differ. But in the East... Number one seed, we've talked about it at length. We talked about it with the GM of the club, but 
I think the Columbus crew are the best team in the East and they'll show it with the number one seed. Then I have Orlando, Philadelphia, Atlanta, New England five, TFC six. And then I chicken out a bit. I have Cincinnati or Inter Miami as seven. Cincinnati, Cincinnati because I want it to be true. I want I want a good thing to happen there. Because I think the what they've done this offseason has provided some fodder where there hasn't been much really of anything. So for that, I want it want them to be rewarded. So I agree with you in the like I think we both feel similar. We want this league to succeed. We want teams to be big and be good. We also then I think analyze it um not with that, but in as a fan. I want a club like FC Cincinnati to spend the way they have and and compete to be rewarded because I want their ownership to continue to do it and other ownership groups to push for that. We, um, I've done some MLS prediction stuff over the course of the week. As a newcomer of the year, I forgot about Brenner. Like that is a record signing player, a (laughs) Brazilian U20. And I just felt like, wow, that's kind of, unfortunately, that's where FC Cincinnati sits. And so they need a good year to change that perception because I think it's a little... It, well, it's not unfair because it's been warranted by the way they've performed. I have uh, New England second in the East, so we Ooh. differ heavily on that one. Do you want to make an argument? You want me to either way. I mean, you have maybe the best keeper in the league back there. So that's a huge bonus. And I think Carlos, Carlos Heel is an MVP candidate for sure. I You can talk me into it. So I think they have one of the, the steadiest back lines. Uh, they've got three returning starters. They brought in the left back. They've got options at fullback. They brought in the one big hole on the team, which was a guy who can cover ground in central midfield and a 24-year-old out of the Barca Academy. You know, we've heard all that before. It came through Samuel Eto's Academy. But they also get Luis Caicedo back, who was good for Bruce Arena in New England two years ago and then spent all of last year hurt. So they have two or three options in central midfield. And then they've added this uh, Icelandic international on the left wing who should be a pure chance creator that didn't exist on the roster outside of Carlos Heel. So I think you take some of the responsibility off Heel. You can maybe rest him a little bit more. And as I said, every international player gets one year in my mind to settle. Adam Buxa wasn't great last year as a DP center forward. And so I expect an uptick from him. So this was a team that went to an Eastern Conference Finals last year, already would be better alone if Carlos Heel was healthy. Now you add all those other pieces in. Uh, I've got them second in the East. I agree with you on Orlando. So I have them right behind them. I guess I'm a little bit higher on TFC than you, um, which I think is reasonable. They're one of the biggest range teams to me. If they were second and ninth, Neither would shock me at the end of the year, if that makes sense. It does, and that's that's kind of why I went with six as a, a de facto safe play. But I could I could be talked into either of those scenarios. Two weeks ago, I had DC in fourth in the East, and then their coach Hernan Losada came out and said our team's not in shape and we can't play our style. <laughs> and it's like, well, the season's starting, dude. So I don't call Checks me watch, when you are check, in shape. Yeah, checking watch vigorously. Uh oh. And I'll move you up my power ranking. So I slid DC down to sixth, and I moved Philly and Atlanta up ahead of them. And then I've got Nashville as my last team out right now. Um, I didn't, I didn't predict improvement from FC Cincinnati and Miami in my standings um, specifically, but I. Maybe it's just that time of year. I just think almost every team in the East is better or I have more expectations except for NYCFC than last year. And Montreal. Sorry. I have Montreal way down. I, I, I found this an easier exercise in the East for the first time in a while because I, I, Red Bull, New York City FC, Montreal, Chicago, 
I felt comfortable leaving off. The other teams, I think it was a bit more of a conversation, but the fact that I felt comfortable leaving off New York City FC, like that's that's a larger conversation about what they're trying to do. But let's go to the West then. Can I just say real quick, I think you're yeah. sleeping on Chicago a little, but really? I didn't put them in the playoffs either, so I can't be the one to make that argument. But I think they could be good this year. Continue. LAFC is my number one in the West. And then I, I'm really high on Minnesota based on some, most of the stuff that you were talking about, David. I'm, I'm buying all of it. I have SKC three, FC Dallas four, Timbers five, Seattle Sounders six. I I almost had Seattle not making it because I think the run has to end at some point. And I know they've done such an incredible job of replacing players and and loading up in the right way. But I think the Jordan Morris situation is something that they may not be able to overcome this season. And then my maybe biggest shock, Vancouver Whitecaps seven. They make the playoffs. Mm, yes. Buy all that Vancouver stock, Devang. <laughs> Your hometown, right? That's your city. You got to rep for your squad. I'm a disgraced expat trying to buy some goodwill. <laughs> and uh, in the most currency that is now available, podcast takes. This is the new currency. So, I'm hey, nice. I'm, I'm buying it. I, again, I think we've talked about it a fair amount on the show. I'm also high on what Vancouver's done. I need to see it come together. I also think we can't ignore the fact that all these Canadian teams at a minimum are playing half the year completely on the road. And so I kind of dropped them all down. If you gave me, you know, home games with crowds in Vancouver with that environment and sort of the advantage I think they have with the way their field plays being different than other ones, you I would have felt okay putting them in the playoffs right now. But with all that unknown, even though I think Vancouver's handled it probably the best of any of the Canadian teams, it's still tough for me. I have them just outside. So I think we pretty much are the same. I have I'm higher on Portland than you. Um, I think that this is a Timbers team that's super deep. I don't love their center backs as MLS center backs, but I think they have a group that they can kind of sit and be a little bit safer if they want to and still create a ton of opportunities. So I have them third in the West. Otherwise, we're pretty in line with everyone else. I guess the team I have in that you don't is Colorado because I don't have Vancouver making it. I have Colorado. Robin Frazier Hive. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, dude. Uh, what's his name? Nicola Benize, who will never play. Beamer, Benize, Bentley's. Look at that going as well. Never forget Nicola Benize wearing his Dragon Ball Z shirt in the BMO field tunneled on a national broadcast. It was one of the best moments I can remember as a fan. Um, I'm all, hey, love, the, love Robin Frazier. That'd be great. Don't love the Cronkies, though. So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever about them. All right. I think so. That's It's exciting to talk about this because... It leads to the big predictions. We did playoffs now, Dave. Maybe we do these quickly one hitters, um, and then we'll kind of regroup. But supporters shield. I'm I'm going LA LAFC. Wow, having a tough time saying it. But all the bad Bob Bradley war talk. All of the we're ready for this. We're gonna right some wrongs in a normal season. I believe it, and I think talent wise they are the tops. Depth wise, they have the most. And if they play out a normal season. Um, a hundred times in a simulation, I think LAFC will emerge as the best team more times than not. I've heard this a couple of times over the last week. I, I don't disagree with it. I have them top of the West for me. Um, I have two thoughts that come to mind. One is I think the Eastern Conference is better than the West. And with the way the schedule is geographically located because of COVID, I think that's an advantage to LAFC. On the flip side, I think 
Carlos Vela is in the running for MLS MVP, but Eddie Atuesta is the most important player on LAFC. This is the final year of his contract. He doesn't have an extension agreed yet. And so if he's not going to resign, LAFC has to sell him this summer. And if they lose him, I think they're not the same team and they can still compete for every trophy, but I don't think they'll win Supporter Shield. So I have Columbus as my Supporter Shield winner. How about MLS champion? Uh, So that's where I find it hard. I think it's tough to choose Columbus as a double winner right off the bat. And I think it's tough to win back-to-back MLS Cups. So I've kind of gone a little frisky here. Uh, and I'm going with New England. Uh, I think the roster is good enough, and the way Bruce's teams perform in the playoffs is, I mean, they did it last year, and they weren't even that good for most of the season. So I've got New England turning it on for the postseason and winning MLS Cup. Love that pick. I've taken Minnesota. I'm I'm all yes. in on the Reynoso train. Yes. Um, and I know Kevin Molino left, but I think between Robin Lode. Ethan Finley, Patrick Weah, there's enough there. And I think from the tail end of last season towards into the playoffs, as much as we can use 2020 to predict for 2021, I am most confident in Minnesota continuing to be great. And that's a lot of it is based on Reynoso being the MLS MVP for me. And I have him and Carlos Heel as like my two front runners for that MLS MVP choice. And they might have one of the best midfield groups in MLS. I don't know how it all fits together, but if you include Reynoso, Jan Gregus is underrated as one of the best passers in the Love league. Love Jan Gregus, yeah. Set pieces as well. And then you either have Dotson playing in his place or Dotson playing next to him or Ozzy playing next to him. They've got Will Trapp as like third option uh, off the bench. So there's a ton of options in that midfield, which makes it pretty cool. The one thing that stands out is last year they played well without Ike Parra. Uh, and I, I, so I don't totally question it like I did last year, but it doesn't look like he's going to play this season. And so they just have to be able to do it again year two with a different set of center backs. I think they'll score enough goals that it won't matter, but that's the one thing that stands out to me in a playoff series uh, or in a playoff run, but uh, they were the other team I was thinking about. So uh, I agree with you. MVP. I got to go with Carlos fella. I think he's back. I think he's healthy. (laughs) I think you even saw last year when he wasn't, he still destroys defenders. And if LAFC are good, he's going to be good. And he's already got the name. He's already got the buzz. So I'm going Vela. I feel like Yosef Martinez might be worth a flyer as well. If you're trusting uh, Mm -hmm. medical recoveries, why not? You know, if Atlanta's fourth in the East, everyone's going to be on that train because they get coverage. People go wild. Yeah. He's going to have to be really good. And we're all kind of saying it. So expect that. And it leads me into improved team. I've kind of talked about who I think will be better this year in Whitecaps and Atlanta. And Atlanta, a lot of it is just correcting some wrongs and, and restarting. But I'm curious, David, I've interested. Chicago to me is an interesting shout. Does anyone else kind of leap out at you as a improvement? As a riser? Yeah. Uh, DC. I think their roster last year was good enough to be competitive, and uh, it seems like it fits a lot of what Losada wants to do. Again, I said he he talked about them not being in shape. Okay, fine, but the first two months of the year are actually going to be a bit slower because there's no midweek games, and it really starts to pick up later on um, the way the schedule is. So I, I had DC fourth coming into this whole conversation. I've slid them back down to seventh, but still puts them in the playoffs from out. And you just look at a team, I think they've got four good center backs. They've got a ton of options in central midfield. Uh, Edison Flores had a terrible year last year, but he can be a great player in this league. Ola Kamara, bad year. Yamil Assad, 
there's rumors around Rodriguez, um, uh, one of Curacao's starting center forwards who's who scored a bunch of goals in Europa League out in Bulgaria, who's only 24, said he signed for DC. I don't know that DC actually announced Jesus. it yet. So I just think that this is one of those groups that can jump. <laughs> that might be the most David Goss sentence ever uttered in the history of mankind. Good Lord, love you it. You believe it. So, so that's my big jump one. I don't, I don't think there's any other ones. One of the interesting teams everyone's, I think, sleeping on, including myself, sort of, is you less so. I think you had them third in SKC. Right. Is like they had a soft schedule last year. So it went from SKC's underrated to SKC's overrated to back underrated. But if they have Pulido for most of the year, they're a different team. And last year when he kept going to Mexico games, he had to quarantine. It was a whole thing. If Even if you just take away the quarantining time maybe throughout this season and you get five or six more performances from him, they're better. And they've added a central midfielder and a center back that can cover ground, makes them a little bit younger. So I think SKC could be dangerous this year. There you have it. As much MLS prediction mania as we can jam into this segment, but we're talking MLS plenty more in the coming weeks, and I think there's a couple in the mailbag MLS-related. But after the break, when we returned, Champions League in Europe, El Clasico, Real Madrid making a statement, all that next on AFP. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to a football podcast. Our eyes turn to Europe, where La Liga continues to amaze us. Real Madrid, back in business in a big way, fresh off their thrashing of Liverpool midweek. They followed that up with a 2-1 win over Barcelona in what could possibly be Lionel Messi's last. El Clasico, Casemiro sent off near the end of the game. Benzema continues to score bangers. David, this game had it all. This race has it all. It is the best one going, and we left it for dead weeks ago. Shame on us, but this is good stuff. <laughs> it didn't feel like Messi's last, I felt, during the game, right? No, like it, it didn't. It feels like this conversation has changed a lot in the last six to eight weeks, where if we were talking about this matchup in December or January, it would have been like, he's gone. But the way they've performed, and I think even the way they played in this game, even though they lost... Doesn't feel like a foregone conclusion anymore to me that Messi's leaving. The mood has changed entirely, and the fact that they're even in this conversation for the race, they were not even in that stratosphere at the beginning of the season, right? The conversation was about totally different things. Mm -hmm. Can he leave? Does it make sense financially for him to leave? Where can he leave to? Like we're having these conversations about Holland and like who can actually afford him. Harry Kane might be available. Who can afford him for that? Like 
I'm with you. I, I think Messi's here to stay, and the real target of, of this game and this conversation should be, I think, the fact that all of the guys that Zendine Zidane really relied on and showed faith in and like did not turn away from when a lot of people thought he should have, have showed up for him in the biggest of ways. And I think that is the running theme for him throughout his entire coaching career. Every time he's called on guys that I think perhaps have been too quickly cast aside, they usually end up showing that he's a pretty damn good manager. So I 100% agree with you. The one thing I want to add, though, is I think this week was the week of Vinicius. And maybe he's still not Ronaldo. Um, and I got to be honest, I every single piece, I've, I have so much Vinicius stock since the day he signed. <laughs> yeah. And I've never sold any of it. And I've been high on him the whole time. So I'm, I'm like borderline biased on this. But so did, EA, so did EA Sports, David. We had an entire Volta game de- dedicated to Vinicius extremely early. Hell yes. <laughs> and he did it to Liverpool. And that was an international stage. And then he comes in to this El Clasico, and he was unplayable throughout most of the game and was a major reason why Real Madrid won. So I agree with you that all of the old heads and all of the experienced guys were massive in this game and have been massive in this build. But it's like they needed a little bit of sparkle to get them over the top. And he has been that difference to add to what Benzema and Cruz and Modric and Casemiro and Varane bring to this team. So he was awesome again in this one and i think it's been what's probably put them in this running and they they could win a double this year and it's not ridiculous <laughs> to say they could win la liga and champions league in a year in which we thought they were down and barca were down and they had no chance and even last year in champions league they went out to city of course it was the weird um you know, one of those ties that was broken with COVID and all those things, but they didn't feel like they belonged on the same field with a group like that. And now it's completely different. Personally, it's nice that Vinny was able to move beyond the don't pass it to him memes that were emerging and like how he was not living up to the hype. And one of the many players that falls under your gem of a saying in December, David, about just relegating people to the trash heap. Vinny was one of those people. Dang, don't even his- get me started. Because we're going right. to do a little thing about the Premier League and where everyone stands in fourth place. And I have a laundry list of names on that list that people talk about. But continue. I, I, and honestly, I was going to segue into the race in England next because you had some feel-good results. And you had some results, I think, that now fully confirm who is going to be chasing for these Champions League spots. And I think even though Man City slipped up, the top is pretty settled. Manchester United did their part. But West Ham beating Leicester convincingly now in fourth, Chelsea winning. They're in fifth, Liverpool winning. They're in sixth. We talked about the top four last week. Not really buying into West Ham, though it'd be a hell of a story. I think Jesse Lingard is making us buy into West Ham. I always liked Jesse Lingard. He was one of those players, and I thought he got... I don't think he's world-class. I don't think he's starting for one of the five best teams in the world, but this shows you the level he can play at if he gets opportunities. What I find fascinating about this West Ham team is they are who Mourinho wants Tottenham to be. And I know the obvious connection between him and Moyes, but like they don't get it. They don't have a ton of possession. They're super direct. They're physical. A lot of their pieces are experienced and they're getting it done when Tottenham can't. And there's literally no excuse for Mourinho because his squad costs more than West Ham's. If you can nail those domestic buys like they did with Jared Bowen, and then you can follow it up with Suchek, who's been just phenomenal. Like that, 
a lot of really good business done and clearly David Moyes' system is, is what the players are buying into right now. I, that being said, I think Lester, the Brendan Rodgers-Lester thing is becoming a little too common or something that we've definitely seen before, but I don't think they're sticking around either in the top four. I think this result confirmed that Oh, to you me think they'll well. fall out? Correct. I think even though I love the West Ham story, I think it'll be Chelsea, Liverpool, 4-5 or 3-4. Wow, big big club Devang over here. He only he only believes Again, the big boys. Nothing nothing beautiful lasts. Uh, sunsets do not last forever. And I think once this feel good effect wears off, West Ham, West Ham also getting up to three 0 leads and nearly blowing them is a weekly thing as well. Like they're they're it's an amazing story. But again, I think there are not enough reasons to believe. Yeah. So the thing about West Ham that to your point, and we talked about it with Milan earlier in the year is and Tottenham as well. If you don't dominate possession at any point, it's really hard to see out leads and you can be structured defensively and be good, but it's just hard when you're giving the other team so many opportunities to come back into games. And so that's one of the things that I see with West Ham Uh, for Leicester city. I give you this May 8th, they play Newcastle, then May 11th. So that's midweek. They play Man U. And then that weekend they play Chelsea and they close against Tottenham. A week later. So it's a really tough finish to the year for Leicester. Um, I still think that this team is strong enough and they've gotten some pieces back, which they've been missing. And obviously, Inacho now is on a whole nother level than maybe we've ever seen him in the pro game. So I think they'll, they have enough to get it done. Um, I think West Ham does as well, but it's, it's really tough. The one thing I was going to add about West Ham is they get this win without Mikel Antonio or Declan Rice. Which is yeah. impressive. And they've done a lot of their work without Mikel Antonio, who's also one of the best center forwards in the league right now and on the team. They got a massive shift from Mark Noble in this game. He went off hurt, but like to get that from a player who's playing his last season, like oh, I, everything is working out. And again, I love to see it. I hope it does end up that way. But I think Chelsea looked fantastic and Liverpool slowly but surely are beating up teams that they should beat. So I find it hard to believe that they will not they will not win the rest of their games, I guess is what I'm saying. But on that note, anything is possible. Leeds beat City down to 10 men for half the game, more than half the game. So who am I to say that it's impossible? Yeah, um, I think we're going to talk about Liverpool losing in a little bit because we're going to talk Champions League. But in the league, I can understand. That's what uh, I mean. Feeling like. Right. Yeah. I can understand. I know. I was joking. I can understand uh, feeling like this is a Liverpool team that could win out. I think the next week or two, they've got Leeds and Man U. Those are the two big question marks for me uh, in matchups for them. And it did feel like that second half against Villa, they found their feet a little bit more. And I don't know if you want to talk about narrative or emotion, whatever it is. That was a huge goal for Trent Alexander-Arnold at the end of the game after the week he's had to just show the quality of player that he is for himself and for everyone else uh, to come back off the Champions League performance that way. Gave me a little bit of a feeling, like you said, that they're sort of raring to go and and starting to hit form again. I think we can we can piggyback the the VAR issue in this Liverpool game and then talk about what happened in in Tottenham Manchester United because I think there was a VAR incident where again the line issue Liverpool were aggrieved and I think rightfully so. It didn't. It's the minutia of the lines and the fact that they have nine million cameras available to them that makes this line system like state of the art it should be scrapped definitely and i think we saw a different issue with var where i think the refereeing standard is poor in the tottenham manchester united game where 
I believe it was Chris Cavanaugh looked at the videotape to see the issue with Son and, and Scott McTominay and, and adjudged Son to be properly fouled. So if that is the case, then I think Scott McTominay should have been off the field, right? There was a lot of, he was on a yellow already. There are things that I don't think were VAR's fault in that that whole uh, desktop in Spurs United. I don't know that I 100% agree on the McTominay one. I understand the idea is, well, if his hand makes contact with Son's face, it's at least a yellow card. But I thought the announcers on the game kind of made my point as well, which was Son reaches out and puts his hand on McTominay, and McTominay's motion looks like it's trying to brush that off. He misses it and hits Son in the face. I'm okay with saying that's an accidental foul, and even though it's contact to the face, it's not necessarily a yellow card because there was no intent. He's not even looking that way. So I'm okay with the way it ended. I think... I, personally, I wouldn't have called it. I would have let the goal stand and moved on. But I'm I'm not 100% against the fact that you make that call and you don't send McTominay off. Mourinho's meltdown postgame, how concerned were you from a, like just a mental standpoint? I thought it was a bit strange, but he didn't want to talk about soccer at all after that. The last thing he wanted to talk about was the game. So that makes sense. Here's because that's what Mourinho always does, right? He's right. trying to keep things in other conversations. Deflect, deflect, Here's deflect. one of the things that should be talked about. We are, whatever, 30 games into the year. I think this was his 15th different backline that he put together, whether it's different formations or different pieces together. And on every moment that Man U was dangerous, it was one of the four defenders a step behind their line for no reason. It wasn't a player, you know, one-on-one against Rashford or Greenwood who was worried about their speed and was a step back. And it was almost never a player who was trying to cover for another player. Regulon, Rodon, and Dyer all did it, which to me says they're not on the same page. Can you explain how Rodon is playing over Toby Alderwild? No, I cannot explain that to you. What the hell is going on? For Mourinho, it feels like, and I think this was a, a good comparison to Man U, it feels like Players don't perform. Okay, fine. I'm just going to take them out and move on. And when you look at Man U's back line in this game, almost everyone comes into it and says, this is a solid back line. And every single one of those players has been trashed and everyone said they can't play at this level over the last probably two years at Man U. And now most people feel comfortable saying Luke Shaw and Vind- and Lindelof are lockdown starters. Harry Maguire is the captain and Juan Basaka has locked himself in as one of the most consistent right backs. And that back line is a strength for Man U when those same pieces weren't. And it feels like for Mourinho, rather than trying to get individual improvement or create a cohesive unit, it's just, I'm done with that guy. Let's move on. And we're at the point now where we're in the final stretch of the season and this back line doesn't work together and they can't stay in a line. And so you're giving up opportunities. The Cavani one that got called off, I think Rodon kept him on and then Dyer and Regulon both did it on the two goals for Man U or two of them. It looked like Luke Shaw was burning a hole into Mourinho's redness post-game when they exchanged glances. It was wonderful. How do you like me now? I believe is what Luke Shaw was saying with his eyes because he is now one of the best fullbacks in the league. What a world. Quickly, Lille in the first game without Jonathan David won 2-0. So did PSG. Both teams keep pace there. And Canadian content in Turkey. Bashik did seven points clear. Kyle Aaron set up by Atiba Hutchinson. You better believe it. Richie Larea sued involved in that scoring play. We'll talk <laughs> about it in a bit. Finally, David, Champions League, Europa League, fi- finishing off these quarterfinals. We've got to talk Bayern PSG. 
3-2, incredible game. In the snow, the just a theater of dreams, the real one, not Old Trafford. Uh, Kylian Mbappe <laughs> doing everything you want to see him do in terms of checking all the boxes for world-class megastar and Bayern Munich being Bayern Munich and not going away. Who do you like in this second leg, David? I think it's still a huge question mark. I thought Bayern outplayed PSG in most parts of the game and PSG hit them twice against the run of play uh, early in the game to go up 2-0. And as you said, Bayern doesn't go away. If Lewandowski's there, it's 3-2 Bayern pretty quickly. Chopomateng, who got a goal eventually, had a few looks that normally a Bayern player is able to take advantage of. So I, I don't feel a certain way on this one. Like, I don't have a good feel for it because PSG, if that's their performance and that's what they can do, then it could probably only get better for them. They're still going to be as dangerous against the run of play, but going home, maybe they get a larger chunk of the ball and Pochettino is able to get them a little bit higher up the field. It, it, it's a fascinating one. I think I, I just couldn't get a pulse on this game. And I think you see that with 3-2 of it being a little bit chaotic, but down to just so much individual talent on the two sides. I think for once, PSG might not be the more drama-filled club when these two teams meet, which is saying something. I think Bayern's having some issues with Hansi Flick and and the executives and and player issues and injury issues. Like Bayern's not in a good state heading into this game. And I, I'm actually kind of comfortable going with PSG under Pock and with Mbappe there. Sorry, I can hear some dissent. These are the moments over the last three or four years, especially last year, where it feels like Bayern's ready to fall off and they come in and drop like five on PSG. Right. And win because I agree with you. Like yeah. it's been shaky at times in the league, but they're gonna win it. It, it sounds like Jerome Boateng's gone next season. David Alaba, we already know, is gone. I think I'm forgetting one other player who they've already told isn't coming back next year, and yet they still are always able to get over the line. And it feels like we're set up for another like, okay, Bayern's Bayern's run is finished, and then they're gonna win a double to close out the year. Be an amazing game. Do not miss that. Do not miss City Dortmund round two. I think you could probably miss Chelsea Porto if you have to. I don't think it's the end of the world if you have to miss that. But hey, if you love the game, check it out. And don't miss Thursday where I think Granite Jack is going to play left back because there's no one else against Slavia Prague. So that should be a freaking treat. Level of confidence? Yeah, you know, it's the the stakes are so high. Literally, this this tournament is the only thing determining whether or not the season was good or bad or not for Arteta. So I like to believe they'll pull this out for him, but they don't have a left back at all right now. So I don't mean to troll you. I thought about this this week. And I think I have to bring it up on the show. I, I owe the listeners. <laughs> oh, you, the greatest. David teased this insult hours ago. Yeah. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> it's on pins and needles. I'm watching West Ham play this week. They 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 win to stay in fourth place. And there's a world in which next year, Wojciech Szczesny, Lucas Fabianski, and Emmy Martinez are all starting in European competitions for clubs, two in Champions League, one in Europa League, and that. Arsenal and Bern Lino are not in any European competition. How does that make you feel? I I definitely thought about it. I thought about it watching Fabianski for sure. You read my mind. Uh, It makes me feel terrible. That being said, uh, what and I'm not the only team to do this for sure. But the the Russian kids do quickly and then calling them trash, like we talked about many times. A lot of keepers had that happen to them in Arsenal. I think 
Wojciech, everyone knew he was good, but I think the the issue was his head. And Fabianski, I think, again, played too quickly and then anointed trash when clearly he's not. It is really cool seeing them do well, though. I, the keeper family, outside of the guys who make horrible mistakes, Kof Almunia, I think much love to those guys for doing well. Yeah, I, I, I assume that. I don't think you can like put any of it on Arsenal. Martinez is the one that's a little bit weird in the way it finished with Fabianski and Chesney. I agree with you. And like Chesney needed like 120 Serie A games to fix his issues. He just got them and he wouldn't have gotten them with Arsenal. But it is funny to see all of this potential. And it's not like Arsenal spent a ton on any of them. Right. Ha ha yeah, funny sorry, or funny. funny, funny, right? Like I think that's that is the the beholders laugh, if that's a saying. It is now. <laughs> Good lord, okay. I, I am excited for that game, though. Stakes are high. Boy, oh boy. Okay. That's Europe. After the break, we close up with our mailbag segment, Ask AFP. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Welcome back to Football Podcast, and it is now time for everyone's favorite segment, Ask AFP. Thanks to everyone who sent their questions this week. If you didn't get the chance to send in your own question, just hop on Twitter and use the hashtag AskAFP and send them our way. Our first question goes to Dave, and he asks, with Lille having to sell players this summer due to the rumored financial difficulties, what are the chances that Jonathan David goes to Roma? I think it's a great question because uh, I we've talked about it a little bit, but it looks like Lille's going to be has been forced to sell ownership, and their new group coming in is like we don't want to be this um, this high spending but producing young players. We want to be more consistent, and so all of these players will be available. I'll say this: Jonathan David, I think, came in for a little over thirty million euros in the off season. And that alone would re would be close to the Roma record for a signing, which was Patrick Schick a few years ago at about 45 million. So if David's available, I think there's going to be a lot of teams lined up. I don't know that Roma financially is going to be able to, to secure David. It could be a Kone. It could be Timothy Weah, um, maybe a Renato Sanchez. There could be other players off of Lille that's available to Roma and as we've talked about, this is a Roma team that needs to just add depth and quality to the roster in almost every position, not anywhere specifically. And so you you would think they'll be one of the teams looking to pick off of the carcass from Lille. Uh, but I don't know that that's where Jonathan David ends up because I think he'll be a player that some of the big giants who are looking for pieces will look at it and say, we can kind of buy low on this guy 
and he can develop into our group a la like a Real Madrid. I'm fascinated by this summer because we don't have a real scope of what the deals are going to be like, like how much money will people have? And I wonder if the market being is what it is and the Haaland triple, trickle down effect where maybe people cannot pony up uh, the fees they normally would. He doesn't move this season. And though Leal's in the state they are, they are in, maybe they hold off for one year fresh off the glow of a championship winning season. I think that's a possibility as well. But with the international economics the way they are, I wonder if it's the case where it's what you're saying, David, where a team has this long-term vision playing out where they may be surprised, Leo, with how much they're willing to pay or they wait a year. I mean, if you're a PSG, why would you, if he's available for something close to what Leo bought him for, which means you're probably getting him at a pretty good market value, why would you not bring him in, play him in Ligue 1, and then have him for the future? When PSG doesn't win the league, they usually just go to the the teams that have won and take the best right. players from them as well. So that would definitely be a possibility. It'll also be interesting for for David. What does he push? Like, for example, if Holland leaves, is there an opening there at Dortmund? Obviously, they have, I can't remember his name now, like the 16-year-old who's crushed it when he's played but is hurt for the rest of the year as a center forward. But you could come in and be the starter at the next starter at Dortmund for the next year or two and then be sold like Holland. Uh, my follow up to this myself was I was curious about this, but if Lil win the league, why would they sell these players? Or is it just because that's they're they're a feeder club? So it sounds like they are uh, a, about one hundred and fifty million dollars in debt right now. The owner who put together this group bought the team on a loan. And so he owes the money back to Elliott Management Group, which is the team is, is the group that now operates Milan that they did the same thing with. And I think J.P. Morgan or Merrill Lynch is the other one. Hence why Lopez came in and has actually generated a massive profit, still was not able to keep the team. So they were plus, I just did something about this. So this is why it's all on top of my head. They were about plus $150 million in the transfer market over the last two years. Plus, uh, even bringing in a Jonathan David at that number, they still had generated 150 million. But because the French League lost all the TV money, you've lost all your gate receipts over the last year plus for a team in Lille that I think it's the third biggest stadium in France. So all of this revenue is gone. They're so far behind that they have to sell everyone and then they'll still owe, owe money. Where the idea was um, when they brought in Luis Campos, who managed Monaco when they had. Mbappe and Martial and all those guys, the idea was to be able to buy and sell. So they bought Victor Asaman, sold him for 70 million, bought Jonathan David, was going to do the same and continue doing that. Now it sounds like they're going to sort of sell most of this group off and reestablish themselves. If you sort of think of what happened for Leicester City when they won the league, then they thought they had a business model, wobbled a little, and then have rebuilt as a new group that they're trying to keep together longer term. Thanks, David. Thanks for that. Um. <laughs> and if you want to hear more about Lille, you can go listen to Football Today that my one of my best friends I grew up with hosts, and I do an episode with him once every two weeks, and we did Lille last week. Nice. All right, Greg, he asks, if Richie Larea does leave for Europe, that would be uh, in the summer window. What's the best option for TFC if they lose him in the middle of the season? So I don't know if this is actually feasible, but the question was a bit open-ended. So I went for perfect (laughs) scenario or perfect world scenario. How about Alistair Johnston out in Nashville? I know he's a young player and recently 
put in a really good season for an expansion club, but could TFC pry him away from Nashville? Uh, you'd have to give up, I think, because he's on such a cheap deal. It's a great idea, and I agree with you. Like, There's that Canadian depth chart right now, right back, and but I think Nashville sees him as a locked-in starter on a really low number. For sure. So if you're Toronto, you have to give something up to get him, but he would be awesome to come in because I think he plays a similar way. My thought would be you Sly Aro back to right back, and then that's where Julian Dunn gets a shot, right, at left back as your homegrown to be the next guy um, given Just an opportunity. A, a, a fun game, David. How old do you think Aro Jr. is? Uh, I'm going to guess 25. He is 25. <laughs> For someone <laughs> nice. with the name Junior in their name, I know. feels way older. But Aro is definitely a possibility. I just I find it interesting. He's not written off, but like I think people consider him to be a bit um, longer on the years in, this, in, in his life than he is. Yeah, he's been around for a while, uh, and he clearly has lost the right back battle to Larea because I don't think it was assumed Larea was the starter there coming into this year. One, They're both right backs. One was going to have to play left back, and based off the CCL game, it looks like Richie won that, which is awesome. Um, the other name that pops up, and I've said this a couple of times coming into the year, but I think Brandon By on the Revs, uh, he's a converted college number 10, a la Richie Larea. He had a good year and a half with the Revs, and then the Revs now have brought in a starting left back, and it looks like Dewan Jones might win the spot at right back, or Tejan Buchanan will play there. I think Brandon Bay is clearly an MLS starter at that position, if not a plus at that position. So I hope a team goes out and trades for him that has an opportunity, and TFC would make a ton of sense. And finally, Daryl asks, which MLS team will most likely take a nosedive this season? I've got two... I think that fit into this, um, Devang. It's not like the easiest for me to decide. Do you have like an obvious one? <laughs> maybe, maybe not all. Like, I think New York City FC will not be good. And I think it's a bit of the fact that they're going to this new under 22 like development system and the, the guys they brought in are kit like youngsters. And I think Maxi Morales is 34 or something like that now. And Alex Ring is gone and Matarita is gone. Like, I, I think. They will be bad, but that's not unexpected. I think Seattle will be touch and go to make the playoffs because I think the 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 shelf life for a dynasty like this, I think, is a bit unprecedented. I think they've been gone longer than most in current day, right? I think obviously MLS 1.0 is a different story, but I wonder if this does finally run out with the fact that they bring in reinforcements, that extra DP spot, Jordan Morris's future being uncertain. I wonder if they all combine for a, a slip up. I agree with you on both of them. So we have the same. Here's my thing on Seattle. I think they still bounce back next year. And that's the question mark with them is like, you don't want to make too short term a decision this year because Jordan Morris will be back next year. And now based off the injury, he's probably never going to Europe. So he's your guy long term. And the way he played last year, he's a guy you can build around. Rui Diaz is still pretty young as well. Um, Christian Roldan, Jao Paulo, and, and Lodero a little bit older, and all the center backs are pretty young that they've brought in. So I just think if you're Seattle, you want to make the playoffs this year, but I don't think they're going to make a big splash in the summer as people are saying, oh, it's Seattle. You know they'll just go and get two TAM guys and a DP, and they'll find a way to maneuver it. I don't think they'll do that this year 
because you have to leave your team open for the next few years going forward and they can still be competitive this year and go into next year being MLS Cup favorites potentially based off the way they handle it. Well, I will say this. This show has made me quite excited for the MLS season. So thank you, David. Thank you, Nick, as well for that. It starts this weekend. And of course, CCL action begins maybe as you're listening to this on Tuesday. It should be a good week. I want to thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. If you can, leave a rating or review wherever you get this podcast. That would be great for us. We're on Twitter, at a football pod, as well as patreon.com forward slash a football podcast. Join us there, get the show ad free, and jump on the Discord. As always, thank you for listening to AFP. We'll talk to you next week. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.